Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. Questions and answers coming up in about 10 minutes or so. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line if you would like to throw some questions our way. We have a lot of questions for Katie Wu, the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. Love having her on the show. It's good to have her back. She is at Katie J. Wu on Twitter. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How are you enjoying the uh, weather, I guess? <laughs> Well, gentlemen, it has been quite a while since I've been on my um, favorite midday radio station, as BK likes to refer to you all as, and it's strange. I um, I have no idea what to do. I just, I, I don't know this element of winter, and it was, like, cool for about five minutes, and then I realized, okay, well, I can't really, like, leave my house right now because I definitely would be one of those people that doesn't know how to drive in the snow. So for the safety of society, I'm just going to stay home. Katie, we, we miss the hell out of you here on BK and Ferrari. <laughs> We're so glad to be able to talk with you, but I, I've been more concerned for you. Like, how are you holding up with all of this? Have you even gone outside with this weather? I mean, between this and the 49ers over the weekend, yeah. this is, it's, it's a rough week, And then with the week, lockout, Katie. too, like, there's so much going on, Katie. I know. I'm just taking like a continuous L. I don't know how to make it stop. It's, it's, I think it's just maybe not my week. I, I knew it wasn't going to be my week after Sunday. BK, I know you can relate. Yeah. Um, but hey, that's okay. You know, through darkness, we prevail. And I'm sure eventually things will look up. Yeah, Katie, I take a continuous L every Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 <laughs> okay. with BK. Enough of you. <laughs> we're, we're done with that. All right, Katie, let's try to figure out what the heck is going on with the Cardinals. Uh, we were under the impression that they were going to improve the offense. Nothing is going on, BK. I, I know, but we got to pretend, on. Alex. We got to pretend. Uh, we were under the impression this offense was going to be better next year. Is it going to be? You know, I would think so, and maybe that's just the internal optimist in me, but I, I believe that this Cardinals offense, whether or not they make any more adjustments or any more, whether they bring in a, a free agent or anything like that, which doesn't look likely, but we can get to that. When you look at the September numbers of guys like Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader and Dylan Carlson, and I mean, Paul Goldschmidt had a pretty spectacular season year-round. You would see positive trends in the right direction. You saw breakout seasons in the minor leagues from Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman. You saw Lars Newbar been able to come over and kind of hold down that fourth spot. And, of course, Nolan Arenado kind of having his awakening towards the end of the year where he kind of realized how he was hitting wasn't going to be beneficial at Bush Stadium just based on the ballpark. There's a lot of things that need to go right for this Cardinals offense. But for the first time in a long time, 
I think this roster has the optimism for the pieces that are already here. And I think that's been a little bit more encouraging than in years prior. Katie, why do you feel like that the Cardinals seem to be staying away from the free agent market with some of these options? Because, I mean, I understand that Carlos Correa is probably a pipe dream. So is Nick Castellanos. But, like, it seems like a natural fit for a Kyle Schwarber. I know BK loves the geriatric Nelson Cruz. Like, these guys (laughs) seem like the perfect fit for the Cardinals, but yet the Cardinals seem to not want to even jump into those waters you know it's a it's a good point i think there's a lot of trepidation because you know before the lockout we weren't entirely sure there was going to be a universal dh i mean we can make the assumption but of course the front office and any organization can't operate on an assumption that a rule is going to be incorporated into their league so i think that was always the mindset of the front office and john mazalock was the dire need was starting pitching so let's go ahead and take care of that before the lockout getting steven matt who they've they identified very early in the offseason as a primary target of theirs. I think the main reason, minus the fact that they're not sure if there is going to be universal DH or you know when baseball is ever coming back, <laughs> is because they don't want to block the path of many of their young prospects who are all poised to, be, to come up in 2022 or maybe even early 2023. But if they go and they get a Kyle Schwarber, who I agree, I think would complement the DH spot very well for the Cardinals if there is one. They run the risk of blocking another young talent like Nolan Gorman, who is primarily a hit tool, like Juan Yepes, who had a breakout season, like I said. And then they run the risk of not knowing what their prospects bring to the table. So I think from a front office that operates rather conservatively in the offseason, it was more of a let's see what we have already, and then we can reevaluate near the trade deadline if there needs to make any moves. Keep in mind the Cardinals are playing in one of the weaker divisions as it stands right now. They do have a lot of that young prospect talent coming up. For the front office, it's should we spend the money to potentially create a blockage with our young talent, or should we continue allocating resources to things that we desperately need, like pitching? Do you think that any of this has to do with who the manager is going to be as well, Katie? Because you do have a guy now that at least based on what he said, and we'll see what happens when everything actually takes place on the field. But it sounds to me like Ollie Marmol is a little bit more open to the idea of uh, putting a guy like Paul Goldschmidt up at the top of the order or platooning, playing the matchups more often. How much do you think that plays into some of the decision making processes here in the offseason? Yeah, that's a great point, and it just feels so long ago since the Cardinals even hired a new manager. I, I can't even believe that. Sometimes I forget that he hasn't managed a game yet because it feels like it's been so long. But, no, that's an excellent point because I think with, with what Ali Marmol is, is planning to bring to this organization as manager is a lot of platoons and a lot of playing the matchups, and that also creates many different possible scenarios for DH that the Cardinals already have internally. I mean, we know how much middle infield depth they have. We know that there's a possibility that there's a way for Paul Goldschmidt to, you know, take the defensive side off and just come in for the DH, get a half day's rest. Same with Nolan Arnato. Same with pretty much everyone on that roster. So if you can do that, where there's not necessarily a set designated hitter, but maybe a DH by committee, that's really beneficial and allows some flexibility in the lineup without necessarily disrupting the regular everyday routine. I believe the Cardinals, for the most part, we'll have the majority of the starting lineup back out on opening day 2022 that we saw to close out 2021. I don't think it will be the same order every day. Like, I don't think we can count on one through nine being the exact same name, exact same position. I think we can count on one through nine being most of the same names, different positions, different spots in the lineup, depending on the opponent. And I think that's ultimately a good game strategy and something that 
Ollie and the coaching staff can explore a little bit more if the DH is in fact incorporated. Katie, we had this question yesterday and we've talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks. By the end of this season, who do you feel like the Cardinals will, who do you feel like individually will have more at bats at the leadoff position by the end of the season? Oh, this is a good question. Um, let me think. If you By say Goldie, our audience is going to yell at you, even or though it might be the right answer. Tanner is going to be <laughs> as more ecstatic than he has been in the last couple of months. You know, I, I can see Goldie there, but I think he's more of a two-spot guy. I, I'll go Dylan Carlson. I like Dylan Carlson as a leadoff guy. Although uh, you can make the argument, and here, and I, I totally understand this, that as a leadoff guy, Dylan Carlson kind of strays away from his power because his job in that spot is not to hit home runs, of course. It is to just get on base. And Carlson's got a good pop to him. So I can see why maybe there'd be kind of um, a desire to stay away from that. But I like what Dylan does in the leadoff spot. I think he did a good job last year. Katie, how do you view the way that the Cardinals are going to utilize their pitching next year? By the way, we're talking to Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic. Follow her on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. We talked to Derek Gould last week about this, and he mentioned the idea of a shadow rotation is the way that he described it with guys like Alex Reyes and maybe eventually Matthew Liberatore and Jake Woodford, maybe Jordan Hicks, depending on what his schedule ends up looking like. Those guys could basically back up your three through five starters and give you a couple innings of work there. How do you think they're going to formulate the way they're going to utilize this bullpen next year? Well, no surprise that Derek has a fantastic idea on how they should do that because that, that is ultimately, I think one of the main blueprints that the front office has for the starting rotation. The plan right now is that Jack Flaherty and Adam Wainwright will take over as the one, two, and just kind of have those two A status pitchers, obviously with different qualities about them, but with the same results. It starts with Jack and Adam being able to hold that role down. And I don't think either of them or anyone in the organization has any doubt that they will be able to do that. We saw what they looked like in early 2021 before Jack got hurt. They looked really good. It was a very promising one, two combo. Three, four, five is where it gets a little sketchy, right? Because you don't know what you're getting with Stephen Bass. You don't know what you're getting with Dakota Hudson. You don't know what you're getting with, with Miles Michaelis. And it makes the depth that we, I feel like, have been talking about for 12 months now, different rotation, same problem, that much more important. I really think Jake Woodford's role, especially early on in the season, is going to be amplified. I think that a lot of the Cardinals' rotation success relies on him being a steady swing man. And we saw kind of towards the end of the season, in the middle of August through September, that was a role he really thrived in. The Cardinals need depth. I do not think they're going to get another starter, which ups the ante on Jake Woodford being able to slot into the rotation as a sixth man when necessary. We'll see how Alex Reyes looks in the spring. We'll see how Jordan Hicks looks in the spring. And we'll see how Matthew Libertor works, although I don't think that he'll be up in any time until before the midsummer, to be honest. So that's why I think that Jake Woodford's role as that shadow, as Derek put it, which I actually really like that term, will be so important. I don't think, again, that there's any concerns over Jack Flaherty or Adam Wainwright and I think the Cardinals are pretty confident in what they're going to get in Stephen Matz. It's how is Dakota Hudson and Miles Michaelis going to re- respond and bounce back from injuries that have kept them out of the game for the better part of two seasons? And how much can they rely on that depth? Because we saw last year they didn't have any depth to rely on in the beginning of the season. Katie, you mentioned his name, and I think he's probably the one I'm most curious about. It, and it's Alex Reyes because we've heard wanting to be a starter. We've seen him as the closer. He's the one that it's just the biggest unknown, in my opinion, of how they're going to use him this season. Right. It can really go so a matter of so many different ways. I think it's important when we talk about guys like Alex Reyes and Jordan Hicks to know that when the Cardinals talk about using them as potential starters, it is not the traditional go throw seven innings, 90 pitches, 
typical starting starter role that we have come to expect from guys like Adam Wainwright. It's more of a fill in. What can you get with five innings? Can you cover five for us? And then see what the bullpen can do from there. Alex Reyes has the stuff if he has the command. Jordan Hicks, I know we only saw glimpses of, but that stuff was lethal last year. If those two, if the Cardinals really need it, can get stretched out and cover the minimum five innings and then leave the rest of the bullpen, I think that's kind of what the front office is envisioning when it comes to them being potential spot starters. So for Alex, it's, it, it really just comes down to command. I mean, we saw the stuff, but we've also saw what happens when there is no command there. So I think it'll be a very interesting storyline once we get to spring training, whenever that is. <laughs> Katie Wu, final question for you. If I had to say, Katie, predict the one or two players or types of players, maybe even to make it a little easier, that the Cardinals will sign whenever things open back up, what would you guess that they will decide to do? I think it'll be a not a, a blockbuster reliever, but a reliever that will be signed for multi years and also has multi role. So a Joe Kelly, perhaps, although Cardinal fans, I'm sure, would be happy about that reunion. Um, I think that the Joe Kelly prototype, someone that can pitch an inning or can pitch multiple and will be signed for multiple years, would really complement what the Cardinals are trying to do. They need another reliever. Um, of course, you're going to have a healthy Ryan Helsley back. That will help. But I think that's you know how this front office likes to operate. I don't like to say cheaply because they do spend money, but they do err on the side of caution. They're very conservative. I think a proven veteran multi-use reliever is exactly what is in the cards for the Cardinals. Do you think they're going to sign another bat at all? Probably not. But, hey, you know, what do I know? A lot, Katie. That's, that's a the, lot, Katie. That's the concern. Thanks. Katie, we appreciate the time. Stay safe out there. Don't be doing donuts like this car that is currently in the parking lot what? next to us. <laughs> we'll talk with you again soon. Thanks, guys. Always appreciate it.